listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Leland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello, everybody. This is Bruce Neeland with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. And as has become usual, I have some remarkable guests on the line with us today. And uh, our goal here, as always, is to try to help everyone who's listening figure out how to run their pharmacy just a little bit more successfully. And the way we do that is by talking pe- by to people who are doing that. So first of all, I have two people uh, with me today. Uh, Dana Timmer is the owner of a pharmacy in Georgia, and well, she is our featured guest. And she's joined by Aaron Michael, who is with the Pharma- Professional Compounding Centers of America. I say PCCA so much I forget what it stands for. So uh, Dana, you're the you're the featured guest. Take a, a minute and just give us a little background of who you are. Sure. My name is Dana Timmer, and I have my doctor of pharmacy degree from Purdue University. I graduated in 2008 um, from Purdue in West Lafayette, Indiana. Go Boilermakers. Um, and I am the owner of Mountainside Compounding Pharmacy in a town called Tate, Georgia. We're located about an hour north of Atlanta at the foothills of the mountains. So um, we have all the benefits of a big city um, and still um, a quaint little town. So we uh, opened in October of 2022, and... um, and I am very excited to be here and honored to be a guest on the podcast today. Well, and we're honored to have you. And you're here because you're doing some remarkable things with compounding and uh, and, and recently getting started. So, Aaron, who are you? And, and um, just give us a brief background. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Bruce, for having uh, having Dana and I on here. It's always fun to kind of share a little bit about the profession um, so as Bruce said, Aaron Michael, I'm the director of member engagement at PCCA. Uh, PCCA is a, a company in Houston, Texas, that is basically an all-encompassing one-stop shop for uh, compounding pharmacy. So we support them through formulations, um, the APIs that they use to make the formulas, the training, the education, um, the equipment, really anything that you could think of that you would need uh, for compounding pharmacy. I've been with the company as an employee for 18 years, but prior to that, I I sat in Dana's shoes. So I ran, uh, owned and operated three pharmacies in Northern California for about 12 years. So been in the industry a while. Um, it's It's been fun to see the evolution and I absolutely love working with amazing people like Dana. Well, and I'm going to go off script here a little bit because I saw some kind of a LinkedIn post with you and a picture getting on an airplane or something. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. how many miles have you flown now? 
Yeah, I just crossed over 2 million miles. So that was my my huge embarrassment at the Houston airport where they met me at the gate and celebrated my 2 million mile uh, milestone there. So, yeah. <laughs> that I don't know whether to say congratulations or <laughs> or I'm sorry. So yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of time on a plane, that's for sure. That's for sure. So Dana, back to you. Um, this didn't just start out of nothing. Um, you've got an impressive background. We don't need to go into that, but let me know how and when compounding decided to be your focus and where'd you get the guts to open a compounding pharmacy? So uh, while I was at Purdue University, I was part of the nuclear pharmacy program and I earned my nuclear pharmacy training while I was there. And I became very interested in this different side of pharmacy that they they don't focus on a lot in school, but it's it's the more customized medication, solving problems that big pharma can't, um, providing patients with special needs the solutions that they need to feel better and be well. Um, and I became a nuclear pharmacist and I worked for a company that also did traditional compounding, and this was in 2008. And I saw what they did to help people. And I really loved what I did as a nuclear pharmacist. But as all the nuclear pharmacists out there know, it's an, a night job. You work midnight to about eight in the morning, which isn't conducive to the family that I wanted to have one day. So I went back to retail, um, spent many years there, um, burned out uh, as most chain pharmacists do. And when my second child was born in 2019, I became very close with my OBGYN and she started talking to me about hormone replacement and compounded dermatology solutions that doctors and compounding pharmacy pharmacists do for patients. And it really kind of renewed that interest that I had um, about 15, 10 or 15 years prior. And she explained to me that the area that we're in, in Georgia, has a great need for more compounding only pharmacies. So then I started working on a business plan with a newborn. Um, <laughs> I spent my maternity leave uh, working on the business plan and I tied into a local university that has an SBA department and they were remarkably helpful um, and helped me find funding. And um, then COVID hit. So I had all the ducks, all my ducks in a row and COVID hit and I stayed in, in retail pharmacy for a couple more years and um, served my time there. And then this sweet little town of Tate, Georgia, um, has an independent pharmacy known as Bell's Family Pharmacy. And they have a cute little soda fountain and a deli and a gift shop. And they do traditional retail pharmacy, but no compounding. and everything was just kind of falling in my lap. Um, the little suite next to the pharmacy that's in the same building, it's their suite A and this is suite B. It became available. So I signed the lease. I um, pulled my business plan back out, reached back out to my financial, the, the lender um, and said, you know, we're ready to go. And then my next step was to contact PCCA and uh, I said, help. <laughs> so and they they did that they did just that so they they helped uh, tremendously um they guided me in my renovations to make sure everything i was doing was usp 800 compliant um 
so that I didn't waste any money or time. And, uh, you know, I did everything um, that they told me and opened my doors in October of 2022. Well, and there's a, a truckload of stuff there uh, that I want to dig down deeper on. So, you know, I, I'm embarrassed. Um, I've been in the pharmacy business for 50 years, and I've certainly made friends with a number of people who were big into compounding. But when I see compounding, I think bioidentical replacement hormones, and I'm sure that's a keystone of it but what else are you compounding i mean walk me through five or six of the top products that you're i I almost said manufacturing but i know not to say that so that you're that you're compounding so so of course as you mentioned the bioidentical hormone replacement for men and women is one of our most commonly prescribed compounds another field of of medicine that I didn't anticipate uh, being as, as, as big as it is for us is the dental, um, the field of dentistry. So that's burning mouth syndrome. Um, there's different mouthwashes for patients. Um, we help with sedation for pediatric dental procedures. Uh, the next field I would say is veterinary. So we have uh, dogs with seizures. We can flavor their medicine with bacon or liver or chicken. Uh, We can even make treats for the dog, medicated treats. Uh, So that's another big one. There's autoimmune is another another field uh, that's that's big for us. So low dose naltrexone is um, is popular for people with Crohn's disease. So. What you you traditionally think compounding and you you think bioidentical hormones and for us that's not even really the the biggest part of our practice so it's it's and and new doors are opening every every day we have prescribers call us needing solutions for patients that they just can't get from from big pharma and so aaron uh you get to see a lot of this tell me just a little bit more about what goes on in compounding and and you know how you help these guys get their somebody to know about it so yeah i mean i think that's the biggest thing is and that's that's what i've loved to watch dana kind of just run with is um you know this is not something that that pharmacists typically learn in their pharmacy school and it's definitely not something that practitioners learn about when they're going to medical school and so you know i always use the analogy this isn't like field of dreams if you build it they will come that's not how it works in compounding you definitely have to um spread the word you have to educate pract- practitioners about what some of the options are you have to educate your patients about what some of the options are and that's what, like I said, it's been really fun to watch Dana do that. The outreach that she does, um, whether it's with her practitioners or in the community to really spread the word and tell people about some of those things that she mentioned, you know, being able to help someone who has exhausted all other resources in manufactured products, you know, and they're at their wits end and their doctor doesn't know what to do anymore. And so building those relationships with the practitioners and being a resource to them Um, You know, in compounding, we always talk about the triad, one patient, one practitioner, and one pharmacist. And it really is that, you know, we're making something that's individual for the patient. 
Um, and we're we're really working together in collaboration, uh, making sure that we're tweaking things just as they need to be tweaked and making it just so individual for that patient. Um, this is something that, you know, big pharma, they take care of the masses. They take care of the majority of the people, but um, it's when all of those things, like I said, have failed that where compounding comes in. I mean, we're talking about maybe one to 3% of all of the prescriptions written in the United States uh, are represented by compounded prescriptions. So it is a real niche market. It is something that's very custom, but uh, where I see people that are successful at it is people like Dana, like I said, that builds those relationships that um, educates the practitioners. And, and there's really all different types of practitioners that uh, want to get involved in this. Uh, well, most of the time. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I'm trying to visualize a couple things. So I, I got I started out in this business by accident by being I got a degree in public relations and Pfizer hired me to be a pharmaceutical salesman. And, you know, I, I remember walking around with the journals of yep. American Medical Association or American Pediatrics or whatever and trying to get in and show a doctor where I had underlined how Marax was the best thing for asthma that they're in the USA or whatever. And most pharmacists will have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm visualizing, Dana, you doing that kind of thing. I mean, are you knocking on doors, talking to the receptionist, saying, hey, I'm Dana and I got a pharmacy down the corner. I'd like to see the doctor. How do you, how do, you do that? That that is part of it. Um, another thing that we do is we stay very active in our community. So I am a member of the county, um, Pickens County Chamber of Commerce, um, and I also have have spoken to the local Rotary Club about things such as cortisol and stress and adrenal fatigue. I um, and in the Rotary Club, there's practitioners and and doctors who are members of Rotary. So, um, so not only am I giving back to the community by giving my time and speaking, but I'm networking at the same time. We volunteer for things that, um, such as uh, coming up. There's a zombie fest, and that's a local doctor's office that's putting on a big. Um, festival for kids and it's free for people to attend and and we sponsored it we're on the t-shirt um, just getting our name out and and using creative ways to do that so it's not just always knocking on doors I do some of that of course and I'll I'll hand out a, a folder of, of marketing materials I'll hand out business cards as you would traditionally see um, but I'll also give um, little samples, so little dosage forms, um, of course, with no active ingredient, but some of our creams that we use or bases um, to show the doctors or even the, the front desk staff, look how smooth this is to put on your skin. Can you imagine putting a medicine in it? And then not only does it smooth your skin, but it has an active ingredient to treat your, your acne or your rosacea. And we can combine three or four different ingredients in one product. And although we don't accept insurance, it saves the customer money because they're not having to buy four different manufactured products. And if somebody has allergies to something, we can make sure it's free of that allergen. And um, once people find out how much value we can bring to them, 
and how specific we can tailor medicines to them or their pets. Uh, it really is just word of mouth too. So the front desk staff at a doctor's office might tell their neighbor who might tell their grandfather. And then, you know, it's just the word travels fast. If And we try to maintain our quality and our integrity and loyalty to our customers and providers. And, um, and it's worked so far. Well, well, wow. Thank you for that. So a couple things from what you've both said. So this is one to three percent of the prescriptions written, Aaron, you said something like that. I mean, that's the definition of a niche market. Yes. The the thing that crossed my mind, Dana, when you're talking about what you do is the backbone of word of mouth recommendations is doing something that's remarkable. And it would appear to me that much of what you're doing is helping to solve a problem that has been tried to solve other ways that didn't get solved. So when it gets solved, it's by definition, it's remarkable. So I, I can see how word of mouth would spread. I mean, if I've, if I've, you know, tried to treat something with four different kinds of medicines and I get side effects and it didn't work or whatever. And then finally something comes up with something customized for me. I'm telling people about that. Yeah. And, um, and there's really a lot of value in, in feeling better. So especially it seems lately the last few years after COVID and it really took a, a toll on, on people's health and wellness and their, their mental state. And we have a very holistic model, a, a functional medicine integrative model where we focus on patients and their wellness. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, we start at the, the, the core and um, it's not just about covering up their problems by adding different pharmaceuticals. It's looking at their hormone balance, their cortisol levels, or what lifestyle modifications can you make to feel better? And then let's add, let's talk to your doctor about bioidentical hormone replacement. And here's a recommendation for a nutritional um, health coach that we work closely with. And, and we really just try to be a, a face in the community for people to come in and talk to us about what their goals are um, and, and kind of help them in that way. So Erin, uh, Dana's talked about how she joined the Chamber of Commerce and she gives speeches and all those kinds of things. Um, what I'm wondering about, is there a personality profile that that compounding pharmacists have that you look for that you, that you kind of can use to help identify? I mean, what kind of pharmacist can do this? Yeah, I mean, really anybody can, um, as long as you focus on what you're passionate about, you know, and that's really where we see probably the majority of people that that have great success in compounding. We always say, you know, if you're passionate about something, it's going to come out in your speaking, in your, you know, engagement, all of those types of things. And so um, whether that's, I mean, I'll just share a little bit. When I was in my pharmacy, you know, I was very passionate about pediatrics and autism, and that was one of our big focuses. So then it became very easy for me to go either do my presentations or talk to those pediatricians, you know, work with the parents. So we always say that that successful people start with what they're passionate about and really focus on that. Um, I, I really think, you know, and I don't want to 
keep on saying the same thing, but it really is important that you have to have a sales and marketing component to this. Um, it's not something that is, like I said, that it's taught in school. It's not the first thing that practitioners think of. And so um, where we see people that are very successful in their compounding practices is they have some type of sales and marketing efforts, whether that's them as the pharmacist, you know, and, and they like to go out and engage like Dana does, or whether they hire somebody to do that. But you definitely have to make sure that you have some kind of sales and marketing efforts. And that's something that's foreign to the pharmacy world. You know, most yeah. pharmacists don't go to school and think, oh, I have to go out and, and talk to people, you know, and yeah. I have to go out and tell people what I do. They think that, you know, I'm going to count poor lick and stick and that's what I'm going to do. And people know that I'm a pharmacist and that's what I can do. So, um, you know, I really think that the sales and marketing piece is key focusing on your passion. And then, you know, I always say, this is not just one person within your pharmacy. This is a, a total culture within your pharmacy too. Making sure that everybody in your pharmacy has a passion for what you're doing, understands what compounding is. Because oftentimes there's patients that walk in to your pharmacy and there may be an opportunity in something, you know, that a patient says. And if you're, all of your staff doesn't understand what personalized medicine is or what compounding is, you could lose an opportunity right there too. So creating these positive cultures, um, it's really rewarding too to, to have a patient come in or a family member call and say, you know, you gave me my life back or you gave me my daughter back or or have a husband say, I, you know, I have a, the best marriage that, that I was dreaming for again is I got my wife back, you know? So um, it's those kind of things. And I think when your team starts to hear some of those success stories, and you guys celebrate together that you're making a difference in patients' lives, it's a really cool thing to see. So, um, you know, those are some of the things that I I see in people that that are successful in compounding pharmacy. Well, and I'm going to make the jump here. I, I, I wrote something several years ago about called the marketing mandate for pharmacy. And I'm thinking traditional mainline fill 300 script a day pharmacies, um, where you know where the idea of marketing has been reasonably foreign to them they buy a buy right. an ad in in the newspaper and and whatever but with with the change that's occurring in in mainstream pharmacy moving to vaccinations moving to point of care testing uh you know moving to those kinds of things um yeah, the, the way I like to say it is nobody got up this morning and said, I'm going to go ask my pharmacist to sync my meds. Right. Um, but sync is an important aspect. And it just drives me crazy when I look at websites where pharmacists say we do med medication synchronization to the typical person. You might as well say we be speaking in Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> You know, marketing has got to figure out how to take these reasonably sophisticated concepts and drive it down so that people know and understand. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that has as is an inherent necessity in compounding, which, you know, over the years, you guys have figured out how to do that, that the average pharmacist needs to figure out how to do. And then the point is bedside manner is king. You either have it or you hire it. And uh, most pharmacists don't have it, so they have to hire it. Dana, I'm going to go back to you because the biggest thing I hear when I visit pharmacies and the compounding comes up is, oh, we can't afford to convert to USP 800. Um, tell us a little bit about 
the USP numbers and how you manage that uh, real quickly because we're getting close on time. Sure. So USP 800, of course, has been looming in the distance for years. So um, starting back in, in 2019, if I would see a seminar, a Georgia Pharmacists Association seminar offering education on USP 800, I would, I would go. I would jump on any opportunity. I basically started reading it top to bottom, highlighting it, um, looking how to implement it in future renovations. I reached out to experts because I wasn't an expert in it. So I relied on people who were um, local people, uh, people at PCCA helped tremendously. And every renovation that I made when I opened, I made sure that it fell within those guidelines. And I used as many local resources as I could and did as much work myself as I could. I educated my contractor. He read it from top to bottom. Any questions I had, PCCA offers for members where I can call and, and ask for clarification. And so really it was a relatively large investment, but knowing that I wouldn't have to tear it all out and redo it offered me some reassurance that it was worth it. And I do see, see the need for it. You know, unfortunately in the history of compounding, um, things have come up, uh, patient safety, quality concerns where it's necessary. And is it, is it, is it expensive? Yes. Is it a pain sometimes? Yes. But you know, it's just something we have to follow here in the compounding world. And, um, and we're just trying to, to take it step by step. Well, I, I like how you said it's necessary because it is pe people matter and your employees matter as much as anything. And so keeping them safe from, uh, you know, from contamination has got to be critical. Aaron, I, I think the other misnomer that some people have and and I know you guys have addressed it you've changed your the PCCA business model uh, yeah. real quickly tell us what these changes are and and how this benefits people who might want to get into compounding yeah thanks Bruce um I think it ties in so well to what how Dana just explained you know regulations are necessary and we do understand that um, there is a cost with getting into compounding and it's it's a little bit higher than it used to be. And so we've always been, we are a membership organization. PCCA is, is a membership. Um, and it has always been basically a, a, a pretty large upfront fee to get into compounding. Um, realizing that, you know, people like Dana now have to build out um, not just one, but two separate labs, their regular 795 lab, as well as their 800 lab. You know, there's a cost associated with that too. And so we listen to our, our prospective members and we listen to uh, the changes, uh, you know, that of what's going on just with all different kinds of business models. And so we're now a subscription model. There's no upfront fee to get into a PCCA membership. It's a, a one to, or not a one time, it is a monthly fee now that uh, you just pay that every month, which is what our existing members pay um, anyways, they were already paying a, a kind of a clinical services fee. And so we wanted to kind of just really release that barrier to entry and not be one more thing that people had to think about um, when it came to getting into compounding. So uh, we're excited about it. We made that change last June. Uh, so we're just coming up on a little over a year now. And it's been really great to uh, hear people say, you know what, finally, I can I can join PCCA um, because that barrier to entry is gone. So it's been really great to engage with more people in compounding. 
Um, like you said, there's so many things going on in the world with DIR fees and cuts in reimbursement and all of those types of things um, when it comes to the financial aspect of traditional pharmacy, that compounding is a great way to kind of offset that and add some diversified revenue to your practice. Yeah. I had a chance to visit um, um, Sierra Compounding Pharmacy yep. in Reno uh, yep. just, just about a year ago. Yep. And um, it, it was a remarkable experience uh, a very successful operation, yeah. probably 40 employees. Yeah. Um, but the the culture and the pride in what they were doing was just so just so evident. Um, and then uh, about six months ago, I saw Acton Pharmacy yeah. up in Massachusetts, uh, who's a Sadino is a yeah. real big PCCA member. And, it, and it's just fun to, to feel the camaraderie that uh, that that you know your members have it's it's a it's a fun experience so Bruce, you, you mentioned some of my favorite people david and terry vassadin and sod dino and ray did i mean they're they are my favorite people so uh you you had some great visits there that's awesome well, i i hope to make the list someday too so uh, <laughs> i mean that is the beauty of of what has become my career is Dana, getting to to meet people like you uh, on the on on Zoom, but I still get to meet a bunch of them in person, and yeah. and it's just a, a great way to make a living. Uh, Dana, just one last question for you: Are you glad you did it, and do you think anybody else should try it? I'm so glad. It's it's been um, amazing for me and my family. Um, my kids can see me building my business from the ground up. Um, they, they're learning about pharmacy and I see the delight in my customer. That is so rewarding to me, uh, as a pharmacist and, um, and, and I never, I never doubt my decision. Um, I think anybody who is, is passionate about helping people, um, should consider compounding because it really, really does, uh, help people feel better and, and, and be well. And, um, I'm very grateful to PCCA and everything that they did for me and, and continue to do. Um, and that's another decision that I, I don't ever doubt. Um, one of the best decisions I made professionally was to join. Um, so yeah, it's been great. So the website is Mountainside Compounding Pharmacy. Um, just www.mountainsidecompounding.com. Mountainsidecompounding.com. Okay. Yes. And Aaron, any closing words? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to further any discussions if people want to explore what PCCA membership is or even just explore compounding further. Um, would love to connect on LinkedIn. Again, Aaron Michael, you can find me there um, or feel free to check out uh, www.pccarx.com and we'd love to connect with you there too. So always a pleasure, Bruce. PCCARX.com. Correct. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm energized from this conversation. Um, thank you all for uh, participating. And I hoping that something that we've said here today will help all my listeners find ways to do more and be better. God bless you all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.